Austin, Texas to Essex, England. Once again, it is the Slipstring Podcast. I said once again like an old preacher, like once again. <laughs> we are uh, gathered here today to talk about oh, yeah. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to discuss the, the race that I fell asleep during, known as the Portuguese Grand Prix. <laughs> and uh, many a nap were taken on Sunday afternoon as we discovered that Lewis Hamilton won once again which is uh, amazing to watch, but also very boring. And so we all took naps to races because <laughs> napping to a race is actually a, a beautiful activity. I don't know if you've done this before. Uh, have you tried just, just napping? I, I, I haven't, I, although I was close. You know, on the on the fifth day, there was free practice. On the sixth day, there was qualifying. On the seventh day, there was <laughs> is it? race, you know. I think that's all. Yeah, I think that's in the book of Genesis. Yeah, the, the fifth day was was testing, things like that. He was They were really, you know, invested in motorsports. Man, uh, two thousand. If my Irish grandparents were alive to see this, they would not be happy with me. <laughs> so what are you doing? You blasphemer. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Andrew Dalton. I'm your host. Joined with me once again is James Linkfield. Took a little bit of a sabbatical last race. You've been working on your uh you've been working on your finals. As I don't yeah. know if they call do they uh, call them finals over there or how does that work? Yeah, I mean it doesn't really have like a like a proper name. It's like finals or exams or or the the worst two weeks of your life. It all depends really who you're asking. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that, that's week, coming yeah. up. I have to actually get a degree. It sort of sunk in that the last three years I was actually meant to be reading some books along the way. And <laughs> I cannot wait. Come the 27th of May, I will never, ever have to write another essay again in my life. And I there you go. There How excited go. I am for that day. It's, it's been three years just kind of, you know, you're like, oh, I'm in college. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, well, guess what? Uh, you were actually just supposed to be reading things during school and See, so we have to ask you questions based on the things you're supposed to be reading and you're like well i don't you know i gotta catch up now this must have been in the fine print i don't remember signing up for this i remember <laughs> signing up for, for three years to develop alcoholism that's all i remember signing yeah. up to and you know and you're like i'm going to oxford i really just want to sign up to feel like one of the x-men like i just want to feel like i'm in the like oh, one yeah. of the x-men or like i'm in dead poet society even though that doesn't take place in england <laughs> But I, I just want to feel I, like that, you know. I really expected mind it like to that. be far much more like Dead Poet Society, and you're slightly <laughs> underwhelmed when, like you, you you turn up and like your your tutors are just normal, regular people who are just like your <laughs> school teachers. I don't know what I was expecting. There's yeah, one, the I don't see. I've come to that, one of my tutors, shout out Sue, uh, has a beret, and she has a <laughs> trademark beret. But apart from that. Uh, no, no, Robin Williams jumping on tables and yeah, that, uh, that's too bad. By the fire, no, I'm afraid not. No, Russell Crowe just scribbling on windows somewhere like not near yet. a courtyard, no. just like I could see the future, and he's like writing on windows. Matt Damon's not somewhere like on a ch- chalkboard, just like mopping the floor and solving math problems. Though, uh, there's a sixty percent chance that I'm going to school. Oh, going to school like at the university at the same time as me. It's the yeah. future prime minister. I think the amount of like prime ministers that have come from Oxford, if you time it out properly, there's a there's a fair chance there's things. I mean, like you know Malala, um, Malala Yousaf, the girl that uh, won the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, she she goes is. to Oxford. She's in the year below, I think. Oh, holy uh, crap, dude! Yeah, I, I have. Oh, wait, you her. go to school with like a Nobel Peace. <laughs> Of yeah, course yeah, yeah. you do, because that's no, no. Oxford. You know, I mean, like I don't I don't know her. I haven't met her, but I know people that have like. Like one of my mates was out a lot for lunch. Um, and the person she was out for lunch with heard a call and was like, Oh, Tom, he turns around 
and it's Malala and she's like, come sit with me. And she just chills out. Like I have a very cursed screenshot on my phone of there's a, a Facebook page called Ox Tickets where if you're looking for tickets for like a club night, you apply on there. And Malala Yusuf, who's like, you know, Nobel Prize winner, has like, anyone got tickets to Gunfingers, which is like this like electronic music night. And that's amazing <laughs> that that very off brand, but yeah, cool. cool I'm looking I'm gonna take the look look, I'm looking to de-stress from this Nobel Peace Prize winning. So if anyone knows any good concert Hell tips. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's funny man well glad to have you back again uh Thank i'm you. i'm you celebrating back. your release uh from college by drinking tea Hell um yeah. so I, do you have tea right now or am uh, i more english than you right now what's going on i, I have water i've uh hmm. i have i have beers in the fridge that i'm not touching for another two weeks don't touch yeah let them let them let them marinate that's what you I'm, do with beers you let them I'm, marinate Hell yeah and then when, when it's with a student Tea means boiling a kettle and boiling a kettle is extra work. So when you oh, can just right. turn on a tap, you know. Right. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's not worth it. I guess I'm more, we can do like a, a cultural exchange. See, I'll drink more tea and then you as an Englishman, I'll have you just buy a few guns. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. we'll switch it up. I'll be like, hey man, you can be like, what tea are you drinking? And then you can quiz me. I'll be like, oh, well, this is, I'm drinking some English breakfast. Uh, you know, tinged with orange, an orange tinge, and then I'll be like, "What kind of gun did you get?" And you're like, "Oh, well, I picked up a Glock <laughs> 19." Yeah, yeah. Cup of Joe. Isn't that yeah, yeah. your lot? You're you're all for the Cup of Joe. If you did, uh, if the rest of the world just assumed that the only gun sold in America is an AR-15, wouldn't be surprised because every news outlet here is just like, "Well, AR-15." It's like I'm pretty sure you don't know what that really means. Uh, and that's a Texas. That's that's the section of the podcast called Texans Critique of the Media. That's what that is, and we'll yeah, it, we'll it, leave it, it at that. F one in the Second Amendment. That's a that sounds like a very pretentious essay title. We're, yeah, we're here to talk about Formula One and two A, baby. We'll just <laughs> just. Every podcast just careens down a political avenue when you don't even want it to. Like the whole point of starting this was just to have a podcast where it's like, let's not talk about politics all the time. So there's like obnoxious people that, oh man, dude, how about get like chilling somewhere and you're just, you don't want to talk politics, but there's always that one guy that brings it up. It's like, Hey man, can we just, can we take a break from it from like maybe an hour? You know, I understand, but also like, can we not talk about it for an hour? What's going on? As as much as I I get like, you know, po- politics is everywhere. Politics is like our lives and everything. And it, it is important. I'm not saying it's important, but I don't like this sort of mentality that like silence is compliance, like that everyone has to speak out. You know, I'm just, I'm just like trying to survive and just, Hey man, what are you alone. trying to do? Oh, Hey dude, are you trying to live your life, dude? I am actually. What, how yeah. dare you? You know, how dare you? Yeah. Really, really James, what I want to ask you is how dare you? How dare you have the audacity to live your life? You know, I should that's what actually I want to die is what should happen. That's the correct <laughs> thing. What you need to do is stop, is shut up and die right now is what you need to do. So, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we've got the, the this week we got the Portuguese Grand Prix uh, at Portimao, uh, which <laughs> is... A pretty like it's a dream. It's a beautiful track. Like I don't know if you've I don't know if you play around with Project Cars two at all. Do you play that game? No, I forgot. Um, great game. Uh, beautiful game. I would love to play it with a wheel. I'm I'm saving up for my wheel setup right now. I'm rebuilding the pedal board setup with my bass guitar and stuff like that. But at the same time, saving up for a wheel. So those are the kind of the two things I'm juggling. Anyway, yeah. I digress. But I would love to drive that with the wheel. But on the pad, it's not too bad. It's a little bit 
more loose than the F1 games. Um, I feel like with the F1 games, like you get a little, you get a little spoiled playing the F1 games where you're just like, oh, these cars handle uh, just like amazingly. And you just every is like, oh, whatever corner I want to go to, it goes to it. And so like, and then you play another game and then you drive like a Formula Renault car on Project Cars 2 and you're just like, oh, well, this doesn't feel the same at all. It just feels like I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm driving, but it, it feels like a tank compared to like driving an F1 car in the F1 games. Yeah, yeah, Um, But if you if you set it up right, you got to like the setups are really crazy in Project Cars and games like that. So if you set the game up right or rather the car up right, it gets a little racier and it's really kind of fun to lean into corners in this game. Um, and so I, all that being said, I drove Portimao some this week and, and try to get a feel for that circuit. And, uh, it's really fun, dude. It's really fun. It's yeah. going to be in the 21 game. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. I feel like that's going to be one of those tracks where in the game, when you're playing other, other players in your league or whatever, um, it's going to, it's going to make for some really, you know, fun, exciting races not so much in real life this weekend though because it was pretty or at least it was just a little bit more spaced out than we've seen uh the first two weeks yeah i i think the i think it's one of those circuits that it's probably great for a driver to drive but Mm -hmm. not so much for a spectator i think also with the with the dirty air problem we have in f1 at the moment I think lots of those sort because a lot of Portimao is like those medium speed corners that's really yeah. hard to follow in. And like you think of that last like sweeping corner, that's the one you need to know if you're going to get an overtake done. And obviously yeah. it's going to be so much harder to follow in the wake. I think for next year or, or yeah, 2022, sorry, time has just sort of not existed in the last 18 months. It is. Yes. Next year is 2022. Uh, in our the Lord the year of our Lord twenty twenty one as we are in now hopefully oh, Lord. the dirty yeah, air won't be as an issue and then I think it would be a great circuit uh, yeah but at the moment I it, it wasn't a good race at all yeah I mean it it was it was it here's the deal I got I watched it and I was like I literally fell asleep during it at some point like I, <laughs> like I just kind of <laughs> fell asleep yeah. so I woke up and that being said since I did fall asleep. <laughs> during the race because i'm an old man of 36 years old uh i woke back up and i was like well that was a humdrum and then i kind of went back over um and because that that was my initial reaction my initial reaction is this was a boring race and just to kind of write it off but the more i kind of looked at it the more I, i noticed some things about this race where the drivers are struggling obviously on these tire compounds um, and you did see some beautiful overtakes at some point. Uh, you yeah. saw some beautiful racing between Lewis and Max himself. Um, and the thing, I, the thing that I, I, I don't want to write off when you see a typical finish like this is, is the fact that we're getting to see one of the greatest drivers, maybe of all time, uh, yeah. drive one of the best engineered cars of all time. Um, yeah. and so because of that, you see these moves that Lewis is taking, um, on Max and Valtteri at some points, and you're just like, oh, okay, this guy, this is why this guy is the greatest driver of all time, yeah. um, because the way he does these switchbacks and the the spectacular thing about Portimao, or I guess Algarve is the uh, Algarve. I like Port 
Portimao is a prettier word. It sounds cool. Al- yeah. Yeah. Algarve sounds just like uh, some sort of bodega you'd you'd find in, in Star Wars or something. Like a, t- like a tattooing <laughs> bodega. You yeah, can meet, yeah, yeah. meet the Mandalorian at the Algarve canteen. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you see, t- you know, it, especially the way this circuit is laid out, turn one into turn two and three um, proves for like a really good uh grounds for some good like really like pretty overtakes they're just pretty yeah. man the way like the way they some of these overtakes are were executed uh lewis um i believe that was lap 11 on max and then lap 20 on on valtteri yeah. uh where the first time he went just uh, he pulled he, he you know pulled to the right stood stayed to the right with max and then went on the inside line and kind of took him off guard um, and then Valtteri, Valtteri thinking that he's going to go right. And then he actually switches back to the left and takes it around the outside. You're just like, okay, well, this, this guy's kind of a, a league about of his own. And Alonzo was doing the same thing. You saw Alonzo do the same thing, yeah. um, with, with those Alpine cars, which we'll get to in a little bit, but I, it was a good, I mean, you look back on it and there were some good, there were some good mix-ups. And so I yeah. don't think all was lost with that, with that, uh, with that Grand Prix. What do you think? No, I mean it wasn't a it wasn't a Spain, it wasn't a a Sochi, but unlike the first what 15, 20 laps where the top three were all quite close, I thought it was quite cool. Um I thought Max's overtake, the way that turn one is set up is really to to you want to be the car on the if you can't pass them before the braking zone, you want to be the car on the outside to sweep yeah. around with that momentum. But then obviously yeah. you have to be fully committed that you're not yeah. going to get tagged like, like I think Stroll and Norris last year. Um, yeah. I think it, yeah, it was them. I think it's really made us question. I was never convinced that the Mercedes was as weak as people said, or that the Red Bull Vantage was as clear. Um, I think you can't really split it. And, I, and, or even I would say that Mercedes maybe edge it because you're not looking at like Max versus Lewis or, or, or Valtteri versus Checo. Yeah. I could not see Red Bull pulling off like the dominant performance that Mercedes did. You know, Valtteri was so yeah. clear of Checo. Mac, uh, Lewis was so clear of Max. I couldn't see the reverse happening. You know, yeah. it, it felt like, um, like Imola, for example, Hamilton had damage. It was strange conditions and, and Max won by quite a way. Uh, but I think under normal conditions, I couldn't see a Red Bull winning that comfortably, or even like I couldn't see a Red Bull one two at the moment. For Porta for Porta Mauer, just the whole oh, season, just just in general, I, 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 as it stands, I'd probably say Mercedes edge it in terms of the strongest package, or like even in, in quali, it was it was a, a Mercedes one two, and I'm not sure yeah. I could one two at the moment. I I still want to stick with my my Honda prediction of AlphaTauri performing well and then also Red Bull taking it. Um but what does what does worry me is Max some, saying something like oh well you know second was the be- the best we could do this weekend. Yeah. It's like well okay how many of those races are we going to run into? I hope I hope not a lot. I mean but I do think that we're kind of past the the world where you know, we're going into a weekend where it's, oh, it's a street course. Clearly Red Bull has the advantage or, or it's a circuit. Clearly Mercedes has the advantage. And I think we're kind of past that, that era where the predictions are that cut and dry. So I don't think, I don't, I don't think we're in that point anymore. Um, but 
Mercedes really did come back when they're just like, okay, well, I, uh, is this it? Are we going to do another year of this? Is that what's going on? Um, and I don't know how much of that was up to the, the circuit. Um, even if the, the, even if the tire compounds were more aggressive, I feel like we still would have seen roughly the same result in the top four. Um, uh, uh, save for the fact that you do have Checo and the Red Bull, which is he's a driver that's able to stretch those tires just as much as Lewis is. Um, and you go back to Turkey last year, he was one of the only few drivers able to produce a result and then able to stretch those tires the way he did. Um, yeah. So I just don't know why he didn't pit a little sooner, but we'll get to that in a second. First, let's let's go over the qualifying grid. Let's take a yes. look at where the grid was um, because the interesting pole position was Valtteri uh, slipping back down into third over that whole race. He just hasn't had a good year so far, man. He's, oh, he's, yeah. uh, no. he's struggled. He's struggled a little bit, uh, so much so that you see a lot of rumors going around about driver changes. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, um, well, like mid season, you mean? Yeah, but yeah, it's Reddit. No, so, right. you know, Reddit's like all 15 year olds these days anyway. So whatever. So oh, yeah, the, the, uh, the fun <laughs> knowledge Reddit. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Uh, but so we've got uh, one, two, three, four, five. We've got Valtteri, uh, Lewis locking out the second, the first row, rather. Uh, Max Checo, three, four. Uh, Carlos, Esteban, and Lando, five, six, seven. Uh, Charles, Pierre, Sebastian, uh, eight, nine, ten. And then we've got the Williams, George Russell, Antonio Giovinazzi, 12th. Uh, Fernando Alonso, 13th, which is. Side note, just the funnest name to say, you know, Fernando Alonso. Oh, just, I don't know. Antonio Giovanazzi, I think, has more punch. Oh, yeah, to yeah. It. Oh, it's, just, it's, got a, it's got a zing to it, you know, it's yeah. just so good. Uh, Yuki down in P14, uh, and he didn't have a great race. Uh, no. Neither did Gasly because he was getting overtaken. Uh, who did, who, Ricardo took him? I think it was like lap 49. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, oh, okay, well, this is this is happening. Uh, Kimmy, 15th. Uh, Ricardo starting 16th, uh, which made for an interesting day for him. We'll get to that later. Uh, Lance, Nicholas, Mick, and Nikita, uh, 17, 18, 19th, and 20. Nikita Mazepin was lapped by his own teammate this race. Is that Did I see that correctly? Yeah, he did. I'm sure he did. I think he might have boxed one more time, to be fair. Did he? But, but yeah. regardless, I mean... Come on, man. You know, yeah. Is that, man, Come I would on, love man. to know what's really going on with like driver attitudes towards him, just in general in the paddock. And it's just to know, I just want to know what other drivers think about him because it's kind of funny, you know? Well, I'd like to know, like, how is he? Because it's not like he's, he's not like a, a Ragunathan. I mean, he finished what, sixth in F2 last year? Yeah. He's, he's yeah. a perfectly competent F1 driver. And I think Mick, yeah. Sh- Mick Schumacher is great, but he's not, you know, He's not some like generational one, or he might be, but I don't think the gap between them wasn't that big last year. I don't know what it is that is making that gap so ginormous. I don't know whether yeah whether the sort of uh, pressure Nikita's under is playing on his mind. I wouldn't be surprised if like the team aren't supporting him as much. Um, but just how, how how could he be that bad? <laughs> like without I don't I know, know man I, me who, I think, who would not make I, half a lap in an F1 car is saying that, you know, how can he be so bad I don't know and this is all speculation what I'm about to say is all speculation so I have no idea but if I were to guess I mean 
there is something to be said from going to an F2 car to an F1 car. I mean, that's still a big jump. I mean, F2 is the AAA ball as far as that that whole world is concerned. Um, but AAA ball is still a lot different than the big show. And that's why they call it the big show, whether you step into a major league batter's box uh, or an F1 pit lane. And so I think once you make that jump um, and you're dealing with a car that has so much power under you, um, and then you're dealing with a car like the Haas car, which has a lot of power, but it's not the complete package th- that much as, as you know, as compared to, you know, a, uh, an Alpine or a McLaren or things like that. So you're dealing with a powerful car, but you're still dealing with the bottom of the barrel as far as that grid goes uh, with car performance. Um, and I don't know, man, I think there are just some drivers that are able to make that jump a little better. I think Mick is just a little bit more mature of a person maybe. And I think that's, I think, I think that translates into performance. Some, I think that translates into your performance, uh, or rather your preparation, uh, for making a jump into a league like this, Mm -hmm. into a situation like this. I think he was just a little bit more well-prepared. I think also he has Michael as a dad, and he's got yeah. his dad is one of the greatest, you know, Nikita's dad is, uh, you know, a Russian oligarch. Uh, so but he's not the greatest race driver in the world. He's just yeah. some Russian dude with a lot of money. So I think that's going to that's definitely going to prove to to have some sort of effect. I mean, on paper, to me, on paper, it looks it looks about right. I, that, that's what I expected to see. I expected to see Mick definitely pull ahead. A little bit. I, I definitely didn't see expect to see him outperformed by Nikita at all. But the gap no, is, no. yeah. But I think we're looking at Nikita Mazepin. We're looking at a rookie. We're looking at a questionably unprepared rookie, and then we're looking at him on a on a on a circuit that has uh, is still really green on tire compounds that were really conservative for that race on a track where everybody was struggling that day. Uh, and yeah. you know, Lewis was maybe the only one that wasn't like openly complaining because <laughs> yeah. he kind of just can, he could drive on ice. Like if, if you put Lewis Hamilton on a lake, like Lake Placid and it's just frozen and you know, you put him on like full wets, he's, he'd be like, all right, I've found a way to do this. So <laughs> like he's just, somehow he just does it. It's just what he does. And then every, yeah. And then everybody else was, was uh, struggling pretty hard. Um, so I think you put all those ingredients together. You're going to see Nikita makes a pit. Uh, you're going to see him struggling. And I think that's what's going on. I don't know if he lasts, man. What, the season? Uh, yeah, I th- yeah, I think he's going to last. I think he's going to last this season because I think his his team needs the money. Um, yeah. But I think we're going to see this the whole time. I don't know if he's going to... Because like once your confidence starts falling, it just falls. It falls hard. And we saw that happen to Alex Albon, who's arguably... Uh, you know, probably a lot more stronger mentally than than Nikita Mazepin. I don't base that on anything, but I'm just kind of guessing he maybe has a little bit thicker of a noggin. So, I, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that much. I think I think what's really tough as well with a in a car like that, it's not like a, like the Williams where you had the chance of maybe making it into Q2. It's like a a buzz or or maybe nicking a point. I I can't see I can't see that Haas qualifying. 18th 17th unless something happens to someone else it is just yeah. so far behind the entire rest of the field and actually having said that i think in a way you could see it as a real achievement that mick actually overtook someone this weekend yeah. he, he got the tv at the end um oh he did huh which which really i mean i i doubt latifi was giving it everything um yeah but i mean that's an achievement in of itself Considering that was huge. How, and the fact that we are saying, 
overtaking the second worst car on the grid is a huge achievement. Yeah. Says everything. Um, but what what's great about Mick? Have you heard all the the radios and him and his engineer? The way like his engineer coaches him. It's just the yeah. best. Like it seems like he has the best attitude. I don't know if you heard. Um, okay, we're gonna. It's gonna be okay. We're gonna Jen, be. No worries. Okay, keep going. <laughs> okay, it's fine. fine. Keep going. Yeah, it's fine. It's. Uh, I think it's everything you want to hear in, in an engineer. If I was yeah. racing, which I'm a person that has no idea what they would be doing in a car like that, I would. I would definitely want to hear that. Like, oh well, <laughs> well the entire nose came cone came off. It's like, oh well, just come in. We'll fix it. It's gonna be okay. Like, okay, thank you. That's why. That's why I'm paying you the big bucks. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty great. Uh, but yeah, a lot to get to in this race. I mean, we'll we'll get to not a lot. Let's be honest, there's not a lot, but we'll get to enough no. uh, in here. But uh, Lewis and Max, well, let's just go down the order. Lewis and Max, great wheel to wheels um, the whole time. Uh, Lewis overtaking Bottas in lap twenty after his overtake of Max on lap 11. Um, and Valtteri didn't seem to defend. I don't know if you remember that overtake, uh, but he kind of just stayed to the right and let Lewis go to the left. And I guess he just kind of let it go. And there wasn't a lot of defense coming from him. Um, so it, I don't know if that was intentional or if he just wasn't having confidence in his power at that point or, or what's going on. It's a tricky straight that because I think Crofty said it or Martin Brundle said it in the, the broadcast. So obviously you're on the racing line, you can see someone's coming and you want to move across, but the right side of the track is really dirty. So sometimes if you move across, you give your opponent the racing line to sweep around the outside, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it feels terrible just doing nothing. Um, and But just Valtteri again, he had no, I don't know about you, he, he got pole position and never for a second did I think he'd win the race. It just that no. entire just fight has gone out of him. And Do you I, think I, so? It, it, it feels it. I was quietly confident that Bottas would have more to say this season than before and that people were almost writing him off. But just no. I mean, Imola, he was terrible. No pace whatsoever. Um, yeah. Bahrain, miles off the pace. Uh, even, even Sunday, I mean, he started on pole and he ended up... Without his pit stops, even without or without boxing, he'd have been what sixteen yeah. seconds off off Lewis. Yeah, just yeah. nowhere near. Well, you know what the well, you know what the issue is with him. And I actually heard this. Uh, there was some chatter around the Mercedes paddock this weekend, and they were saying that uh, the reason for uh, his decline in performance uh, is too many naked saunas. Uh, yes, too many I naked finish saunas. Well, so he's yeah. actually doing that. He's doing that too close to the race. It's like 30 minutes before they got to hit the track and he's back there doing a naked sauna, you know, in like the Portuguese countryside. And, and he's like staring off into the distance and just talking about how he's always second best. And it's like, Hey man, you can't be doing all these naked finished saunas, you know, just you're supposed to be racing. And then, and then Valtteri is like, well, what if I put the sauna inside the car? And he's like, well, you can't, that's not, that doesn't work. You can't just do well, a sauna while you're racing, Valtteri. That's not what's going on. I want That was, that was well, that was a terrible impression. God, I started off as Valtteri Ross, then I went to Toto Wolf. And then I went, yeah, I don't want to, I don't a bit like Welsh, you know. Not dude, it's a finish, man. He's a finish, dude. And I hear. I'm going to sit in a sauna and stare out in the distance. And realize what's going on. Him and Kimmy are the same person, complete the same person, aren't they? Ice cold, man. Ice cold, dude. 
Like uh, there's a reason that all the va- the Vikings came from that <laughs> that area no. of the world. They're just ice cold. They just no emotions at all time. They're just I like it, man. I, I think it's stoic, dude. It's a cool. I think it's a cool culture. It really is. Uh, and like some of the coolest accents I've ever heard in my entire life. So it's, it's true. interesting. Yeah. A bunch of people talk about getting a Grand Prix to Finland. I don't think there's enough people in Finland to have a Grand Prix. Yeah, I mean, they, like, they, hey, man, we did a yeah. They're big motorsport people, but I don't think I think they're like they're they're rallying and stuff. I don't think the F one. Um, I mean, can you? What, what if it's? I'm being ignorant here. Can you have an F one race if it snows? Like, uh, I think there should be. <laughs> I think there should definitely be have a snow compound and have the tire <laughs> color be like silver. You know, oh, that would be tight. Dude, enough money and yeah, that would happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, en- like enough money and somebody would figure out how to make it happen. You know, it's if, just, if we can have an F1 race in Miami or Jeddah, yeah. how can we not have one in Finland? Why not? They're having an F1 race in a country where women were legally banned from driving until oh, very recently. So I, I feel like there's there's a way to there's a way to do a snow race. Also, by the way, they're not doing a Formula W race in Saudi, which huge missed opportunity. Hey, oh, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way to bring that up every single episode It's like, Hey, put formula W in Saudi Arabia and just piss everyone the hell off. They, you know, that'd be great. They say like we race as one, but we like the one includes like homophobe, sexist people, racist people, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, we, yeah, that's not quite the focus of we race as one guys. Yeah. It should be we yeah. races run, but not those people. That's the point. Yeah, I, I don't even know if you could you I don't even know if you could like fairly judge them as that or over just like archaically theocratic. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I don't even think those terms have entered those spheres of existence. It's oh, just yeah. like, oh, you know, we're supposed to do this because it's that's the way it's been for thousands of years, type deal. So it's yeah, like not even they're not even played by the same rule book. They're just like, oh, what is a cell phone? We just you know so and then what more can we do about uh, that, you know? Yeah. And we're yeah, back yeah, on politics, so. just like that. What did it take? And there we minutes? go. See, we got to see. God, that's I the, hate that's the, the perils of 2021, <sighs> dude. We're on the internet. You know, we'll try. Hey, listen, you're listening, you're watching this. We're going to try to stay off politics, okay? But sometimes yeah. they seep in. They seep in like the slow floodwaters of a Louisiana plane on an episode of True Detective. Okay, uh, back on. Yeah, so anyway, Biden's tax <laughs> back, hey, back on target here. Yeah. But what's up with what? Biden's tax time. What's up with that? Yeah. This is, this is going to turn into like really bad, <laughs> let's just, let's really bad like stand right Like, yeah. So, so what's the, what's the uh, deal with the Democrats these days? Huh? Dude, so cred, dude, how um, cringe would it be to like tune into an F1 podcast or like any podcast that's like niche topic. And then like, they just start railing on politics. You're just like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's rein it in a little bit guys. Yeah. What's going on? Let's have one place uh, where it's not political, you know. Oh man, yeah. Uh, so what do we got? So we've got we got that story up front. We got Max making his way through. I definitely do think that that was the best result they can go with. I don't like yeah. to see that as a Red Bull fan, as somebody who's pulling for Red Bull to take the championship. I don't want to hear their lead driver say second is the best we could do this weekend because it makes me think that that's going to happen more. And I don't want to see that happen again. Um, and I'm hoping this is kind of a one-off situation. Uh, but I do think that they, they are happy with the investment in Sergio Perez uh, showing up this weekend and uh, pulling out a solid P4 where I don't think that would have happened last year um, with their second car at all. So I think they're still, I think that I don't know if they're coming away from that weekend thinking they failed in the slightest. I think given the circumstances, they're pretty happy with the result. 
and I just don't, well, I touched on this earlier. I don't know why Sergio didn't pit say lap 45 or something when he had greater track position, they kept him out to where he was first. So he was leading the race there in that like 10 lap bracket. Um, but yeah, let him bleed time is what I didn't understand. They, he bled a little tape, bled about 10 seconds, uh, seven to 10 seconds between those laps where he took the lead and then where he pitted to go to the softs. I don't know why they just didn't keep him on the same strategy as Max and and put him on some hard tires, say lap 44, 45, where he had those extra 10 seconds. Because at that point, who knows? You know, try to, try to make a charge. Well, I, I think it's worth a try. I mean, it was obvious that Checo wasn't challenging the, the top three. Uh, yeah, that's true. And Lando was no, not Lando. Yeah, Lando, Lando in fifth. Lando was nowhere near him. Um, yeah, I think what the plan was of what Checo's there to do is something different. And you know, if, if the the three in front of him come in and Checo's out in front, and there's a safety car. All of a sudden, it's Checo's race to lose. Um, or yeah. even, I think what they were really hoping, the reason they brought him in after he passed Lewis is he'd keep Lewis behind him for longer than he would. Um, I'm really intrigued to see. I think Monaco will be really interesting from a tactical point of view. Because, like, could you imagine leaving Checo out for three quarters of the race to to hold up Hamilton, say? You know, they'll they'll let Verstappen through hold up Hamilton because he can just make his tyres last so long. So you do you think that's what they were having Sergio do because if so, yeah. that makes sense. You are you, you so you're saying they were having him kind of back up Lewis into Max and see if they could kind of create some friction there because oh, that's yeah, actually totally. genius. I wasn't thinking of that at all, and that that does make a lot of sense. I think we'll be seeing a lot of that throughout the season. I think, and, and it's not like a, I don't think they did it purely because like he's the he's the number two driver. I think right. he's known for being good at saving his tires, so why not? Uh, and yeah. also, if he wasn't on. Checo's strength has never been his pace. It's been his his tire saving, his consistency. So you play to that. You know, if he was a if he was a lightning bolt in qualifying, he was unbelievably quick, but not good at his tires. Then you do the opposite. You get and do something more aggressive. Um, yeah, I think knowing he was going to finish fourth either way, it was worth a go. And like I said, if there's a safety car as uh, before Lewis passes him, then Checo's in a in a spot to win the race. I really yeah. hope uh, though that he gets on the podium sooner rather than later, because I worry that that's going to sort of start playing on his mind, especially if they get into a championship fight, you know, mm-hmm. say what, say what you were Bottas, but you can rely on Bottas for third every week. And if right. Red Bull want to pit Mercedes and obviously Max has to beat Lewis, which I feel like he, he can, and he, he has, but Chef yeah. has to beat Valtteri. And he hasn't done that yet. And the longer that goes on, the more that curse of the second seat is going to play out in the wor- the more worried he's going to get, you know? Yeah. I think he can. I think he's a better driver than Valtteri at this point. I really do. I think Valtteri has just got the better, slightly better car in some regards. I'm a little bit more power when they need it, but I, I think that Checo is a better driver. Definitely. I don't, I don't, I think head to head those two, uh, I'll take Checo nine out of ten times, unless it's Russia, because for some reason Valtteri is just <laughs> just just, Russia, yeah. just kills it at Russia, and then everything else is like a toss up. So I think he's definitely the better the better driver there. Um, Lando P five, uh, you'll love to see it. 
uh, Ricardo had a charger of a, of a drive. I think he ended up in, let's P9. double check. P, did he really? Oh, only P9. Yeah, I, so, I was, I was seven spots, but I mean, but I, yeah, but I think that's sort of where I'd expect, you know, in the third best car on the grid, you'd, you're clearing fodder for most of that, you know? I think, yeah, I think they were trying to get him into the top seven. I think that that's what they were shooting for. Um, but then you had, uh, Ocon and Fernando and those Alpines, uh, and we'll get to that in a second, but yeah, Lando, Lando's looking good, man. Lando's going in to these, to these early lap situations. Um, he looks confident, man. Uh, he looks, he looks like a veteran dude. I mean, it's his third year and he's already pulling vet moves out there. Um, and I guess all things considered. The only surprise about the top 10 uh, is are the Alpines uh, showing up. And I think they might have a car that performs in dirty air a little bit better than these other ones. I don't know if it's because of the air box on top uh, or what. I'm not too versed in, in the technical ins and outs of their car, uh, but it looked good. It looked racy. Yes. Uh, Alonzo having some really good overtakes. I think he overtook. Let's see. Let's look at my notes here. So he overtook Ricardo and Signs. Ricardo lap 51 signs lap 55, I think in the same place. And that was late in the race where he got on those hearts and he was just like flying so good, for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, and he looked great. It was the first race where I felt like he showed up. So, yeah. which, which was nice. Like he actually showed up a little bit and uh, was, was posing some challenges. So you like to see it because, you know, they're kind of absent or just kind of like hanging out, you know, uh, in the, in the midfield last couple of races. So it was good yeah. to see them uh, doing some stuff. Good to see that blue. Good to see that French blue up in the la, six and la, seven, you know? La bleu, yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad for Ocon. I think he's a massively underrated driver. I think this is a big year for him. I think if he has a, yeah. a tough year, I wouldn't be surprised if he loses his seat. Um, yeah. After a sort of an all right last season, um, if he gets outshone by Fernando, then I, I really think the pressure could, could build because all the talk is... Gasly to to Alpine next season, yeah. um, and if that materializes, I can't see Fernando coming back and then leaving after a year. Uh, so I think Ocon is vulnerable, but I'd I'd love for him to do well because he's such a rags to riches. Like, do you, have you heard the the backstory about Esteban Ocon? Not so, at all. No, fill me in. What do you got? So he he um he did not come from money at all. And when he was sort of in his karting career, starting to go international, uh, I'm pretty sure his family uh, like sold their home, bought like a camper van or like, what do you guys call it? An RV and would yeah. travel to the races in the RV, live in the RV. And that was like him, his mum, his dad and his dog. And they nice. they were completely self-funded. You know, they, they didn't have that money um, and they gave up everything really for Esteban to have this career. And That's I think, amazing. I know. it's And you compare that to to Mazepin, you know, or, or as, as much as I like the guy, I compare that to Lance Stroll, you know, yeah. it, it must mean so much more to Ocon. And I'd love for yeah. him to really take that next step in his career, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Lewis too. Cause Lewis, Lewis had a pretty, yeah. uh, you know, his dad had like four jobs just, just to put up, uh, just to put up through the carding and stuff like that. Uh, which is kind of amazing, man. When you consider yeah. what it takes to get into that environment, uh, and then you consider all the different variables that go in 
even just coming through, you know, F4 and F3 and Formula Renault and karting and all these different organizations, the politics it takes in each step of that oh, ladder God. to navigate, you have to navigate all this different shit. Um, it's, that's incredible. So yeah, I had no idea that was Ocon's story. I, I thought he, I, th- I don't know. I don't know what I knew about. I didn't, I don't know much about him to be honest. So that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, really. And then I sort of feel bad sometimes slandering him for, for bad performances, knowing what he's come through. I really hope, I really hope that we see the, the best of Esteban Ocon at the end of the season, you know? Yeah. Um, and if think- that Alpine package is as good as it was this season, uh, was this this week, I saw a clip yeah. of um, Kvyat, I think Kvyat, who's now an Alpine reserve driver, was interviewing Gasly for like F1 TV. Yeah, uh, I saw and- that. And did you see the thing Gasly was saying about like how are you guys so quick in the straight line? Um, and I'm yeah. wondering because Renault's best performance last season was uh, places like uh, they were good at Spa, they were good at Silverstone, like these power yeah. tracks. And I'm wondering if yeah. they've kept the same con- uh, the same uh, concept because really in Portimao to get an overtake done, you just need to be good on that straight. And the amount of yeah. overtakes and, and good defenses the two were doing. I'm wondering yeah. if that's the same this year and we'll see the best of them once we hit Silverson and, and Monza. Uh, and actually about saying that, sorry, I don't want to hijack uh, the conversation, but as we've oh, you're good. as we've brought those two tracks up, um, apparently it's Silverson and Monza that will be showing the sprint qualifying debuts. Oh, right, dude. Yeah. That was that was announced. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I guess we'll wait and see, dude. I don't have a lot of crazy opinions on that yet i just kind of want to see what it does i want to see i just want to see a weekend of that happening before i kind of you know because i think this is kind of a test year right because we're doing three dates on that i don't i want to see him i don't think the third date's been announced yet no i want to see him do it here in the united states i wanted to see him do it at coda because i would love to see that in person the third third date is outside of europe i'm pretty sure that's good yeah um, but it'd have to be, considering they're doing Silverstone and Monza, it would have to be somewhere where overtakes are easy. So yeah. I'm thinking maybe Interlagos, I could see. Or Baku. You think so? Yeah, maybe Baku. Uh, Interlagos, will that happen this year? Uh, it's been, from like a contract point of view, it said that Interlagos is still good. on. Uh, yeah, cool. it, might, it might be because of does. COVID, but... Yeah, plan to be on. Um, I don't really like. I mean, I've got nothing against the sprint qualifying format in F two, like for a change. But you know, they're yeah. not doing reverse grids or anything like that, and I don't really see the. I don't see the point of it then, because if, if the sprint doesn't determine the reverse grid, yeah, yeah, it's just that you have normal, like normal qualifying, and then you have a sprint race, and then the grid of the sprint race is the grid for the Sunday race. It just seems like you've you've added an extra race in there for no reason. Like if you reverse the top that is 10, weird. you know, I, I'd get it, but it seems like there's no point, you know? I think, yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely like a money decision. Yeah. Of um, course. You're trying, you're trying to get more, more bang for your buck for those tickets on the weekend mm-hmm. and those Saturday tickets, which man, I, you know, I've been to a qualifying here at Coda and uh, it wasn't like I was missing anything. I was like, Oh, this is a cool, <laughs> this is a cool weekend. Granted I was, uh, a few beers deep because my band played it. So we were having a good time regardless. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I guess they're just trying to, to add in some extra bang for the buck on the weekends. 
Uh, I just, yeah, again, I just want to see it. I just want to see it happen. I, I'm kind of one of those learners where I like, I need to see something happen first in a situation like that before I can kind of like grasp the concept and be like, Oh, well, this is what it looks like in the real world. So yeah, yeah. I'm kind of excited to see, I'm surprised they added it at Silverstone. That's wild. Cause it's a pretty significant race. So it's kind of interesting that they're making Silverstone one of those tracks, but uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. Well, I'd imagine them in Silverstone and Monza. Firstly, there's two tracks where you can overtake, but they're normally quite good tracks. And like you imagine you had the sprint qualifying at say Sochi in Spain, that would probably be dull and that would kill the idea in the water. And I think they want mm-hmm. to give it a true test at a good circuit to see. I can't see it um, becoming the full-time deal. Uh, but actually, I quite like it at somewhere like Sochi or Spain. Say you had sprint qualifying and then the top 10 reversed. It might add something to the weekend, which is normally a very dry weekend. You know, yeah. a couple of times a year, it might make it interesting. But, Sochi is Sochi is very, very oh, dry. So very, extremely dry. Um, extremely, very, very dry in every regard. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? And, and so that It's was, just like such a... Like that whole track is just like gray, you know. It's like AI it's designed like, it. It looks like yeah, a, like a, it's just so Russian. It looks know? like a like an extra from you know the Phantom Menace, like those ridiculous yeah. like open places. Such you yeah. like a racetrack in the Phantom Menace, and it's yeah, not- it just looks like gray. It looks like where Dolph Lundgren's character from the Rocky movies just grew up. <laughs> That's where he grew up at. Where it's just like gray block of it's concrete, really bad, isn't it? Just <laughs> it's fun so in the game though. It's fun in the game. Yeah, it's funny it's though. Like, I think a lot of tracks that are actually quite bad in the game produce good races. Like I think Abu Dhabi is a great race yeah. on the F1 games. Um, yeah. I mean, even like Spain's quite fun to drive on the F1 games. Spain is great on the F1 game. Uh, I Like I said earlier, I can't wait to transition to a wheel and start because I really do believe that like you can't get, you definitely can't get the full experience of like okay. holding a line through corners on a, on a game pad because you're, you're controlling with the, the Y axis and with the wheel, you're on a, you're on an X axis. So you're holding position uh, and you're getting to like go through high speed corners with the wheel set up and like hold the actual car into the position instead of having to like kind of wiggle it with the thumb. So I'm, I'm excited to see how the game translates, especially the new game in a few months and especially on PlayStation five. Um, that's going to be really fun because I think PlayStation five is going to be one of those consoles that closes the gap between consoles and PC. Yeah. I think for the longest time, PC has been a platform where it's like you go to it and you're like, okay, well, everything automatically looks amazing. And so I think aside from the mod aspect of PC, I think PlayStation five is going to look uh, spectacular. And I think the racing games too are going to be uh, pretty great. I hope they improve the haptics. Yeah. With the wheel system, um, especially if you're using a wheel, I, I'm told that when you're using a wheel, at least when you're using a gamepad, you're 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 able to get on a PlayStation Four, you're able to get like spring loading on the triggers to get a little bit of resistance, and then on the PlayStation Five, you actually have force feedback on the triggers themselves. That's so cool. Which is amazing. So with a gamepad, you get this like immediate tactile response of feeling where your limits of grip are. Uh, in the game when you're pulling through corners because that's so crucial to gain speed. You need to yeah. know where that edge is to between sp- you know the car spinning and then you gaining like three tenths on a corner. Yeah. So if you're able to hold that line and figure out where that uh, that limit is through like a tactile response, like a controller, 
Um, I want to know if that translates to a wheel setup with like a PlayStation five, uh, because if so, that'll be cool. I know yeah. that there's ways to like in- incorporate, uh, people in my league use like butt kickers and stuff like that. Those like subwoofer systems oh, that's cool. and you like literally strap it to the ass of your chair and it, you get the sub frequencies. So it's cool to like feel the engine start up when you start quality oh, and like actually so feel cool. it under you, yeah. which is awesome. But apparently it doesn't translate much into feeling the car. I don't think they have those because you you have to output that information from the game somehow. So it has to be like an actual channel where that information is output into your seat and stuff like that. So I want to know how that translates with the PlayStation 5. I wonder if those those haptics are updated at all. Mm. So hopefully the telemetry and stuff's updated. I'm really impressed actually by how much you can feel through a controller. Like I've been doing... um, so we've got we've got spa uh, in the league that we're in, and I've been sort of practicing that. We do, huh? And you can really feel like the second you've gone past the limit of grip, you'll feel that vibration, and it can just kick it back. And that's so impressive yeah. that they can convey so much information in a, a like an input system that's nothing like a wheel, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can. It's pretty quite crazy. The my my controller right now is like I've played this game so much that the, that the pots, the joystick pots in my controller are going chalky. Like I could feel them catching and they're not as smooth, uh, <laughs> which sucks. And it's the reason that I got that penalty in our league last week, but I didn't want to say anything. Cause like, what are you going to say? Like my controller is going, but I was trying to hold that line and you see my front end just twitch to the right slightly. And that wasn't me. It was that controller just sticking in the sensors it's weird. You could kind of feel the joystick, like if you like if I take my jo- my left joystick and I I uh, edge it over to the right at like a forty five degree angle, and then I hold that forty five degree angle, you could see the wheel on the game like uh like just do it like jerking back and forth, yeah. like not registering the input all the way through the turn because I've st- I've like stopped on track and then I've taken my joystick and then I've put it at about a you know an angle like this and then i've watched the wheel on the little guy in the game and it's like it's like twitching back and forth so i'm like oh my my controller is going out yeah yeah. Uh, so that's that that's the other tricky thing about a controller is is those playstation controllers will like go bad dude and like they'll start and then you're just and then you're trying to hold a turn you're like oh i can't but like you can't like say that. <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> it's not like something you could say in a chat and a Discord. Like, oh, my controller's crapping out. Like, oh, whatever, loser. Stop making excuses. So I got to go get another controller, man. Because it, it's a real thing. Like, you yeah, start yeah. holding turns. Because in that game, every little movement is 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 calculated and stuff like that. So it's really wild, dude. It's also the reason I'm able to still play bass guitar after not playing a single show for a year, which is awesome. Um, well, I don't know the, if I've told of, you this, but like, because of the fine motor tuning and I pick up my guitar and I'm still able to kind of, you know, I could, I still got it a little bit. Cause I, you know, I haven't played a show in so long, but you're, you're registering your fine motor skills so much with that game. I don't know if that's subconsciously why I started playing it, but it's cool, man. It's, it's a pretty, it's pretty wild. Well, I have for like, for the, like the listeners that don't know, I have a, a disability. I've got muscular dystrophy. It's like I use a, a wheelchair and, um, the, the disability affects all my muscles. And when I go, I have like this annual hospital appointment where they sort of check all your muscles for your strength and they sort of give you a rating uh, for each one. So they'll like curl my arm with resistance or curl my legs with resistance. But every do. time they come to my fingers, they test my hand strength. Like, wow. They're like, how are you, what exercises are you doing? <laughs> 
I'm like, well, I do. I, I did 50 laps around Monza at the weekend. That's why, you know. <laughs> you know it, it, it's You're a, like, hey, what exercises are you doing? You're like, ask your mom. Hell yeah. Game, game of fingers, Lingfield, they call me. <laughs> they don't call it that. For legal reasons, no one calls you that. It's, no, Unless please do. don't call it that. Unless you, <laughs> unless you email us at strip slam, slipstreampod at gmail.com. Definitely call James that. That's, at, that's his at, name. At Game of Fingers Lingfield 55 at slipstreampodcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. You're going to turn it, you start doing curls, turn into one of those, uh, like jacked, like, like wheelchair guys with like the jacked upper body. But, and but just, like, you could just kind of like the protagonist yeah. from Avatar. Actually, I can't believe that. I yeah. think I'm the first person in history to make an Avatar reference. I cannot remember. Do you know it's, what, do, do you know what the Mandela effect years, is? Say that much. Do you know the, do the, you know ma- the Mandela effect? Uh, I know it doesn't have anything to do with Nelson Mandela. That's for sure. It, well, it sort of does. It's basically like this effect where like whole groups of people misremember things. It's like, you know, the Monopoly guy, you know, he doesn't yeah. have a monocle. That if you look wait at, for real, if you look at any official listeners too, if you look at any official picture of the Monopoly guy, he's never had a monocle. Think, yeah. where, where's that come from? Anyway, that's called the Mandela effect. And I'm now thinking the Avatar was the Mandela effect because it's the highest grossing film in history, and no one can tell you anything from it apart from the guys of blue. Not was it really the highest grossing? It was. I think before the new Star Wars is. The new Star Wars is beat it, and then I just don't like it. I don't, it's Avengers. not like I don't believe you. I just don't like that. That's the case. Like, <laughs> I, no, I, like. I, I think it was Titanic, and then it was a uh, Avatar, and then it was The Force Awakens, and then I think it was Infinity War, and then Endgame. I think. Oh man, I don't even know. Don't even get me started. It was bad. I don't even that know. It's, those that sounds about right. But uh, Avengers Endgame, it was yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I can sort okay. of take or leave. I mean, I must say, I can take or leave superhero films. When I was sat in the cinema when like that Avengers Assemble thing happened, that was cool. Yeah. But the rest of the film, yeah. um, something that was amazing as well, this is a cross-Atlantic thing. You guys cheer in the cinema. That's, Sometimes. That's crazy yeah. to me. Sometimes. I saw, yeah, I saw yeah. a clip so, from that it, where, where a cinema like erupted into cheering. That's awful. How could anyone? I've been <laughs> honestly, and also that's so English to just be like, "That's just awful." Why would you do that? Why can't you just keep to your? Why just Where's your just bloody manners? Stay quiet. You know? <laughs> yeah. It really is. It really is like an American thing, like outbursts of energy. You know, just like yeah, yeah been, on our man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much guns. We well, just shoot. I take as a Texan, I take my gun <laughs> to the theater and I just shoot it up in the air. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah just like you know, just like you know. Just, just like you know, if I yeah. like a movie, just put holes in the ceiling. It's fine. Oh yeah. Uh, I've been to a few. Yeah, I've been to a few movies where where at the end, either people liked it so much that they started cheering, or like certain parts in the movie where like a, an antagonist is killed or something, and yeah, the people cheer. It doesn't happen a lot, but it's definitely happened oh, yeah, for sure. That's amazing to me, and that's how. Oh, dude, I, I mean, they re- they re released uh the original star wars i think that was like 20 years ago they like remastered the star wars do you remember that when like george lucas i don't know if you may be too young but like george lucas I, I like wasn't alive man oh dude you wrote oh yeah you're a ba- I'm only you're you're so baby yeah you're just such a baby <laughs> uh so well they were released yeah yeah but right before you were born i think george lucas released all three of them or like they did them like a year apart or something like that yeah but, you know when that 
first thing the Star Wars title hit the screen, I mean, yeah, dude, the crowd went ape shit. I mean, everybody. So and it was, but it was nice. It was special. It was like such a special thing, you know. Like, yeah, so I, I can't wait till theaters open up again. Personally, man, I can't wait for that to happen. I think they're happening. It's happening here where theaters are coming back. Yeah, so. what's what's the COVID situation like where where you are? Uh, it's uh, man, it's uh, it's and again, we'll try not to go into politics too much, but I, I, uh, it's it's all right, man. Stuff's opening up here. I'm in Texas, which you know, people like to dog on this state a lot for mishandling stuff, but as far as I can tell, I mean, we looked at the mass mandate a month ago, and you know, the the legit, yeah, levels have not risen. I mean, they've either stayed about the same or they've dropped a little bit. So, I, I, you know, I think people are getting vaxxed up and shot up and uh yeah man i can't i want stuff i'm ready man i'm ready to go let's let's get back let's get back on this shit i've had a year of just unemployment and reflection on things and i'm (laughs) just ready they're ready to go back yeah yeah. some people haven't stopped working and that's that's the crazy part Mm -hmm. my roommates have not stopped working the whole time they you know they work for you know different places that have to stay open and so yeah dude so it's it's crazy it's two sides of, of a coin either you've had a year to be like, what is even going on? You know, in my case, my my uh, industry that I worked in before COVID, which is the touring music industry, just shut down completely. So yeah, um, yeah, dude, it's crazy, man. I'm ready for it to go. I'm ready, ready to get back at it. Yeah, I, you know, I, so no, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy how much the world has changed. Just in, I mean, I saw a, I saw a, a, a Snapchat. I took because I'm, you know. I'm of the age where you do Snapchats now. I know that's like a, I don't know what you guys do, what like the old Victorian photos we have to like pull the court yeah. to take a photo or something. Um, but I, I saw a Snapchat I took in a pub in March of 2020. So before this all kicked off and yeah. it was packed and people were right next to me. I think, wow, that was, that was just how we lived. And it feels like a completely foreign world. Uh, I went, it does, man. I went to my it's first wild. bar post COVID uh, last week and it, and it was outside it was like underneath some tarpaulin but even then that felt weird i was like wow like this is coming back to life i think it'll be interesting to see how people's attitudes towards things like that change like i'm not i used to quite enjoy like a nightclub but now i just really don't want to go like the the so britain opens up properly on the 21st of june um and I've got all these invites to nightclubs and I could sort of think of nothing worse than being sweated on by like a stranger, you know, <laughs> I, I miss like house parties where you, you know, yeah. everyone, it's like a nice medium sized event. You can just chill yeah. in the corner with a beer. That's the sort of thing. I yeah. Mean. I don't, yeah, I don't do that. I don't do the, the, mm-mm. yeah, man, that this whole, my big thing from the last year was like uh, realizing what I like to do and what I don't want to do anymore. And that one of the things I don't want to do anymore is like go to a place where I can't hear myself talk. Like I (laughs) I like can barely hear myself think or like can't hear yourself order the drink. It's like, you know what? Too old for that shit now. I don't, I don't like, I don't do it anymore. I want to be able to hear myself talk. And also I want to be able to like have conversations without feeling like I'm standing 10 feet from a 747 engine. So it's the worst. (laughs) And I'm a musician too. I'm in like a loud rock band. 
And even now I'm just like, I can't, you know, I'll go play shows and stuff. I'll be able to play, play concerts, but I, yeah, I don't know about that stuff anymore. But if I go to a rock concert, I want to hear loud rock music. But once the concert's yeah. over, I want to be able to talk to my buddy and say, "Let's go to a diner. Yeah, yeah. let's eat. Let's go to a quiet restaurant." You know, the, the worst is, and this is like I'm getting British now. So you know, like a British pub, like you can imagine a British pub. There's no yeah. bigger disappointment than when you get into a British pub and they're playing music and like loud music. Like all you want to hear in a British pub is like the one note mumbling of the British populace. You don't want to hear any music, anything else. And and (laughs) like loud music unnecessarily is not something I've missed. Mumbling of the British populace. I like that you used to Brexit football. And that's it. Just (laughs) one note. I say that actually, I went to a, so Weatherspoons is kind of like, I guess like an Applebee's, you guys would call it. So it's it's, it's a chain of pubs and it has like a, old pubby feel but it's a little bit more sort of modern and it was a quiet day and i was having like a pint with two of my mates and there's this old guy who's 70 guy with a harmonica and we're we're stunned like is this meant to happen and he's playing like a full-on harmonica and like the 12 other people in the pub are looking around like what the hell is this and he went on for half an hour <laughs> half an hour what is this oh sorry that was That's- a big that was a big that was, that's ramble funny. on pub ambiance. For the funny yeah. thing is, is if I were to go to a a restaurant called Weather Weatherspoons in England, anywhere in England, even if it is like a chain restaurant for you guys, for anybody from America that's never been there, that would be like, oh, this is great. This is the authentic English experience <laughs> right now because we wouldn't have any idea. We'd just be like, do you got fish and chips here? All right, let's do it. I'm That'll good. Do. I'm game. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap it up here, but first let's go, uh, let's go ahead and uh, cover, go do the rundown for the Midwest F1 league, uh, week one, uh, it was in Canada this week or, or, or week one race already in Canada, one of my worst tracks. And, uh, so I'm glad we got it out of the way. Um, I managed to squeak out a P nine in division two, uh, which by the way, a big shout out again to hotspot for filling in on this show last week. And uh, doing the commentary for the the race again this week, it's always a fun thing to go back and watch. Um, but I watched the Div One race as well. It was uh, it was pretty interesting. Div One had a had an interesting race where uh, they started on dry conditions, went to enters like somewhere like late twenty laps, like twenty lap twenty seven or something. That everybody had to switch over, and then they had to switch back to like softs, like the last four or three, four laps of the race, which is annoying. You know, it's just so annoying. Like when the game is like, hey, we're going to throw some rain in here, like the last quarter of the race. Also, you got to switch back to slicks at some point. You're like, okay, well, shoot me now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, a shout out to the Div 1 drivers, uh, Mystic Joker. And then we've got Yolmir and Hash running out the top three. Uh, really great performances by those guys. Uh, Guinness won it, took pole um, uh, in that race and then lost it somewhere in there. And was relegated to a lower position. And then, yeah, so Mystic Joker, real, like one of the fastest drivers in the league, if not the fastest right now. So that guy just kind of takes off into the sunset. Uh, and it is uh, it is what it is. What are you going to do? It's Div 1. I'm not going to be there very much this year. Uh, so I'll let them deal with those uh, superhuman drivers. Uh, Div 2, where I live, uh, it was a fun race. My teammate in a Ferrari, I get to drive the Ferrari cars this year. That's cool. Uh, shout out to Tiak taking pole uh, for this race. And uh, who did we have? Who was the top three? It was, uh, let's see who. Uh, so Matt Rosie ended up taking out, taking the actual 
uh, taking the actual win. And let's see here. Yeah, it was Will. So Matt Rosie won, and then Will Ans, uh, P2, and then AP7 taking the P3. I think after another driver, if I'm not mistaken, had some penalties and had to fall back to P4 after he crossed the line. Um, so Matt Rosie taking the win. Also, like no penalties, which in Canada is tremendously difficult. Uh, so that's that's one of those tracks where. I forget what turn it is in Canada, but it's I hate it so much. It's it's basically the first chicane after the turn one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't, so I don't know if it's like actually turn like heavy. Uh, yeah, so like break right left, and then yeah, so that's that one where and yeah. you get, but you go down at the same time, but the track limits are on the chicane on the right. Yeah, and it's yeah. just so annoying because I hate it every single time. Again, one of those things that I feel like it's a little easier to drive with the wheel, but we're not going to go there again. No. Uh, but oh. Dude, I hate it so much. Uh, it, man, it, it, that invalidated like five of my qualifying laps. So I'm like burning up, to, like I burnt up a set of tires because I had to just invalidate all my laps. So like I used the set of tires and I didn't even like my second stint in qualifying, used the set of tires and then, like all of the laps I used those tires on were, <laughs> were deleted <laughs> the, 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 because because of that quarter of just like okay, well you know shoot me in the face now. So glad to get that uh, race out of the way. And then uh, Div three and four. Uh, shout out to let's see who we got. So we got okay. So hey tight uh, won the Div three race, and uh, we've got young DJ CJ. And uh, Unholy Red Eye P3, I haven't heard of any of those guys. So congrats on you guys showing up to Div 3 and uh, and putting some more work in there, uh, rounding out the one, two, three. And then uh, Div 4, who we got here? Let me read through this. I'm reading through Monkey Mafia's news, so it's not, I got to like pick out where the, where the P1, 2, and 3s are. Uh, so let's see here. Oh, dude, Knuckles. Knuckles taking a Div 4 win. And uh, Nitwits and then Dissection and P3. I've heard of those guys before. So good to see those guys up on the one, two, three. And uh, that's going to round out the the Midwest F1 news for this week. Week one, I'll try to have a list. I guess we'll do a list next week and I'll have a, I'll have that ready to go where it's like I can just go through and bullet point that shit. So uh, I think we've got Bahrain short this this week coming up for Midwest F1. So we're doing like 100% Bahrain short race. Ooh. Uh, which tough. is going to be pretty cool. That's going to be spicy. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be super spicy. That's a tough race. Um, I got to figure out. It is a tough race, man. It's like deceptively tough because you're yeah. like, oh, this is a short track. And then you start, you do like a hundred percent race. You're like, okay, well, so I'm pretty worried about my strategy. I don't know what I'm going to do for strategy yet. And I don't know if I have time to do, we do a practice run on Tuesday nights and I don't know if I have time to do that. I might have plans tonight. So I got to figure out strategy for that at some point. So uh yeah i gotta see what's going on because i think that's the first 100 percent race it might be the only 100 percent race we do simply because the length of the track is so short so i'm i'm pretty excited about it because i want to i think i feel like if that's a race if you nail your apexes you stay out of the penalties and then you nail your strategy um you'll have some good results i actually the cool thing about these videos that our league does um and even the firr league that we do that i do with you on on friday mornings mm. do these videos uh, where you know you could watch the whole race back that you're in, and the cool thing that I noticed is is I I, I went on the wrong strategy. Um, I should have done I went I went medium soft soft in Canada, and then I should have done medium medium soft um, because that would have let me that would have allowed me to pit sooner 
And because I, I stayed out on my second stint or my first stint rather on mediums and I found myself up in P2 and it's the thing that I was, that, and that's why I was asking what happened with Checo, because it's like, once you go into P2, why didn't he pull the trigger and pit? But I should have done that in the game where I got up to P2 and I should have just pit right there and then, yeah. uh, and then pulled the trigger on that and then put some mediums on and try to get more position and then go to the softs. Yeah. So that's a really cool kind of thing to be able to like watch your races back and like try to figure out where you can improve. Yeah, yeah. I definitely learned something about my driving with my strategy. So it's, it's, it's a cool thing to be a part of. Mm, it's uh, I did the thread hungry um in FIR and I tried the the medium qualifying the medium and then go to the hard to be pacier um and it just what I didn't realize how slow the mediums are like I, I normally yeah. qualify about what fourth ish and I was tenth yeah uh and I I did well in the race I got up to third but I don't think it was worth the pace deficit or the the deficit at the start so yeah it's, it's yeah what did you what so what strategy did you end up doing in Hungary? So I, I think most people were soft to hard or soft to soft to medium. And I tried medium to hard. Um, and the race pace was pretty good. Uh, but I, I just lost because you're so far back, you get stuck behind sort of slower cars. That was the yeah. thing. Like in a track that I think the harder it is to overtake, the more aggressive you have to go at the start. And that's why I think like Canada really? as well. Yeah, that's true. If you get the... Yeah, it's not a, a good track because otherwise you get undercut and undercut and undercut and yeah, you lose your pace yeah, that's, you know, that's the biggest challenge is picking out which tracks to undercut and which to try to overcut on, yeah. and then depending on your track position too. Mm. Uh, and so that's something I'm struggling with definitely is like my first stint and then where to go from my first stint because I'm a driver, but thanks to you, like you've been helping me with my qualifying stuff like that. I didn't even know you could turn on your, you turn off your ERS during qualifying. So big shout out to you, Thank you. for actually like pointing that out to me from watching our race. Cause you were like, Hey, are you, you're on your outlap and ER, your half your ERS is gone. So, and I'm like, yeah, can you, what, what up? And you're like, Oh, you know, you could turn that off. I'm like, I had no idea. So, yeah, I, I didn't, so I, I didn't want to say actually, anything, but I was like, did, did, did he realize he was doing this? Did he, you know, <laughs> no, and the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought you couldn't control it. And then I was just like, okay, well, I guess you just get, I mean, and then I'm like, how do all these other guys, how are they able to carry speed through like two or three laps? Like, Oh, that's why. So <laughs> I definitely need to work on my qualifying because because I struggle with that. I struggle with qualifying way more than the race. I'm able to be way more consistent in my race pace, but like yeah. qualifying, I'm always down there like P10 if I'm lucky to like P14. And so that screws up your first stint a lot because you're just worried about making up time. But if I could figure out how to get a better qualifying and then how to just plan my strategies out a little better, I think that's going to be a big step up. So that's probably one of the things I'm going to work on Yeah, this year is just like trying to do better with that stuff because I think that's, that's going to, definitely prove for better, better results. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, cool, man. Let's wrap it up. Man. It's been, cool. what are we at? 69 minutes. Nice. 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 All right, man. Well, uh, this show will be up on YouTube soon. Uh, podcasts, uh, the audio version rather of the podcast, uh, Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google play. If you use it, if you use it, look, if you use Google play, not judging you, but you know, it's a little weird, but yeah, there's like 18 places where our podcast is distributed to. And some of these I'm like, who use, who even uses this? But I don't know. Depends on where you are. Pigeon, then 
Send us a smoke signal if you're driving today. The, the Slipstream Podcast on MySpace and PureVolume.net. It's like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? What is this, 2007? Uh, email us, slipstreampod at gmail.com, Twitter at the Slipcast. We'll have a an Instagram soon. I, I'm going to launch the Instagram sometime this week, so we'll have that too. Uh, planning some good content for, this, for the Instagram. Cool. We're going to do some hot laps that we ourselves... Uh, drive and uh, we'll do that. Uh, try to do it in correlation with the actual calendar, and then we'll do some hot laps and some track guides. Uh, we'll do some music recommendations as too. I don't know if you guys play the game and you like to listen to music while you drive, but it is the funnest thing oh, I've yeah. ever done yeah. in the face of this earth. So we'll do some more music recommendations and stuff like that. So a lot of cool stuff coming up, and uh, we'll see you next week after Spain. And uh, James, thanks for doing it, buddy. Thanks for as always, Andrew. Much appreciated, man. Absolutely, man. This is the Slipstream Podcast. And until next week, everyone, keep pushing.